This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Dogish Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to dog parents and the topics, events, and personalities impacting their lives. My name is Sylvia West, pet expert and certified professional dog trainer at Dog Up In This Bitch. And with me today, as always, is my fabulous co-host, Jason Arias, co-founder of Forever USA. Jason, how are yes. you today? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Like, this is a... This is a, an afternoon recording instead of bright and early, so I'm drinking just water instead of just water. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like pumping the caffeine. Yeah. So today, and I'm super amped up, super so amped up after like everything that we got to talk about with the girls. Like, yes, it was, it was so good. Such a good episode. Today, we actually have Sarah and Marissa of Puppy Gang Fresh Foods on with us to talk all things dog nutrition um i was extremely educated and motivated i don't know mm -hmm. about you jason yeah totally the 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 actionable stuff that we can just put into play and um i think this is the first time that um the podcast was over and i didn't realize it was going to be like over yeah, I had to be like, I had to put the kibosh on it. Oh I felt God. terrible. I was still ready to go. I didn't want to. But anyways, let's get into it so you guys can, can feel the burn like we did. <laughs> we don't want to be left out. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, we have Sarah Ladies. And, and, uh, it's it's such an open term. Like, like cut me some slack here. So I'm, I'm out numbered three to one today. <laughs> it's okay. We won't fault you for it. Thanks Very for having good. us. We're so excited. <laughs> We're so excited. Oh, my goodness. So um, before we jumped on this podcast, Jason, the girls and I yes, had a ladies. little. Yes, we had like a, a phone, like a prior phone meet, you know, just to what? see if it would be a good fit for all of us. <laughs> we ended up gushing for like an hour. But yeah. you ladies are, I mean, if you think I'm a pet nutrition nerd for any of my clients who are listening, like these ladies have it down. Um, so I'm really excited to just like dive deep into this. So first, tell us a little bit about your company, um, Pup Gang, Puppy Gang Fresh Foods. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Um, so we have four recipes that we've developed with a holistic veterinarian and they use all human grade ingredients. So we only use um, whole proteins, fresh fruits and vegetables and organic supplements in our recipes. All our meats are locally sourced. We also really focus on sustainability as a company. So we've shifted towards packaging that is pre-labeled and reusable uh, to make our environmental footprint as well more uh, improved. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, you're saying locally sourced. So just for our listeners, where are you guys located out of right now? We are based in Toronto in Canada, uh, where it's very cold right now. And uh, we service what we call the greater Toronto area. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marissa, that is not 
a Canadian accent <laughs> you're sporting there. <laughs> Jeez, I thought I was the only one picking up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, am Australian and I have uh, been living in Canada for a bit over three years and uh, I've been living overseas in a whole bunch of different places for about 11 years. So uh, Canada was uh, our last pit stop and Marissa and I actually reconnected. We met living in Hong Kong. Yeah. And um, oh, wow. we, yeah, we became really great friends in Hong Kong and Marissa moved back to Canada and I was already there. And um, so we reconnected and uh, Marissa will tell you the story about how we started Puppy Gang Fresh Foods, but uh, we decided that uh, together we really wanted to change uh, how people feed uh, their dogs and really make an impact to uh, the industry. So we, uh, we started uh, Puppy Gang Fresh Foods in May of 2019. So, yeah. Now, when you of fun. When you ladies met in Hong Kong, were you drawn together by your love of dogs or how, how was that a part of the friendship? Our, our big uh, at the time, and neither of us were dog, uh, dog moms at that time, but we uh, actually had a real passion for health and fitness and nutrition. Okay. And so we actually got connected based on that. And obviously that kind of ties over into our current business. We've just um, transformed that passion into health and nutrition for dogs as opposed to humans. <laughs> wow. So this is now, all like, like, this is like a new venture for you guys. I mean, not just recently, but just the whole genre of getting into uh, dog foods and the dog community and all of that. Yeah. I think the really interesting thing about it is we've really found in the industry, a lot of people are unaware of these issues with commercial foods. And I know, you know, we can really resonate with that. When I first adopted my dogs in Hong Kong, as a first time dog owner, I didn't know anything else other than feeding my dogs kibble because you know we grew up with a family dog we fed kibble and you just it was so deeply ingrained in, you know in, in us and that's what your vets mm. tend to recommend is a kibble and it's really interesting that you know we've we've really recognized as humans that eating processed food every day is not good for us right but for whatever reason that connection people haven't yet made for their dogs or they're starting to it's a growing shift but you know myself included I relied on my vet's advice when I first adopted my dogs yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I'm totally in the dark about all like this is this like, I could probably ask questions all day on this. I have everything from like like uh, stories that I've heard from years ago that, you know, like where dogs were getting sick. And then there was the recent one that like the yeah. uh, like the yeah, no meat diets, right? Yeah. There's like all of these different things. So I'm really anxious to get into all of this yeah. um, and I'm trying not to jump the gun too much on any well, of we it. geek out on this, Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did tell them, Jason, I was like, Jason gets very excited about things he doesn't know. And he's going to have a million questions. Yeah. Just come for the ride. We're very excited. Um, yeah. So we're going to dive really deep into this. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to answer one of Jason's burn in yearning questions right after this break. We're back, Jason. Okay, hit us with one of your questions. I'm dying. I'm, I'm itching. I'm jumping in my like, like I want to know so much about the dog food industry because, as um, 
just as a dog dad, like I've grown up with dogs. And like you were saying, it's just been, um, it's trained into us that, you know, you go and you buy this giant bag of dog food and, and that's mm-hmm. what they eat. And you hear things, um, that you should try this or try that. But most of the time, like I've never even thought about switching foods until there's like a health issue. Like they get older and they can't yeah. eat it or they get, get mm. picky or whatever it is. But like, like maybe tell me some of the, the main things. Cause there has to be greats, right? Cause there's, there's like the cheap, cheap stuff that you can go at any aisle store and you can get for like $25 for what seems like a hundred pounds of food. And then it kind of goes up from there to, human grade food okay well let's not say human grade food table scraps that is literally the stuff that we're eating that that's supposed to be equally as bad if not worse for them right so so i'm confused at at both ends and there's got to be a happy medium somewhere yeah it is confusing for a lot of dog owners because there's not a lot of information out there aside from the commercial pet food brands and so we know that there is about 96 percent of people still feeding their dogs kibble Okay, so can you define what kibble means? I'm just going to ask like very layman terms because that is that any dry dog food at all? Yeah, it's the dry biscuits that you see Mm -hmm. um, in the packs that you can get from a supermarket or a pet store sitting on a shelf. The problem with kibble, I mean, we could talk about kibble alone just for an hour, but the key problem with it is two things. One is that there, because there's no regulation on pet food, the quality of the ingredients can be very, very poor and they can still call it meat. So we don't actually know when we see that there's beef in um, a commercial pet food that it's real beef that you would want your dog eating. That's the, 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 the first one. The second one is that all of the ingredients are cooked at a really, really high heat. They're cooked twice at these high heats, which basically strips out all of the nutrients that dogs need in their diet. So if there was anything good from those ingredients, they're now gone. And then finally, with that process of doing all of the heat, the moisture is stripped away. And so what you'll notice is dogs that eat kibble are actually really thirsty and they probably are drinking a lot more water than what you see from a dog that's eating whole foods. So quality of ingredients, the way it's cooked is um, taking away all the vitamins and minerals and then the lack of moisture. And then when you see that really long list of ingredients on a kibble label, that's because they're adding in chemicals and preservatives and additives to try and add something back into the food. So when it comes to kibble, so again, like like you said, I'm sure we could spend an entire hour just on this, yep. but again, the, <laughs> like the, the price difference is so varied, right? I mean, you have every, I can't remember what the name of the total, like bottom of the barrel food is that you can get at like Walmart or anything like that. But then you go up and I mean, one of the more well-known names is like Blue Buffalo. And then you've got even some fancier names that are, go up above that. Like, yeah, like premium labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and I've talked to other dog food companies before and that they're like resellers and they specialize in certain stuff. And they're like, Oh, this is the good stuff. Like, is there varying levels or is it kind of like all fast food? No matter like, like there's good fast food and there's bad fast food, but there's, it's all fast food. It, it's all fast food. So, you know, it's it, fresh is always best. It, that's the bottom line. As Sarah mentioned, um, all kibble goes through this processing where it's killing the natural nutrients of ingredients. However, when you're trying to sift through this 
range of kibbles. Some of the things that would make a kibble a poor quality kibble, for example, are words like byproducts or meal. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, these tend to be the waste products that are left after meat that's fit for human consumption is taken away. And also... And then meal just literally means mush. Yeah. So, you know, there are cases there. There was actually a case in the U.S. of a major pet food brand being recalled because the drug used to euthanize dogs was found in the food because they were actually using killed animals in their food. And so meat meal can literally be mean anything. So that just obviously right away is a red flag. Um, There are also certain synthetic preservatives that are included in lower quality, quote unquote, lower quality kibble. Um, You know, there's one that is commonly found in kibble that's actually used as a detergent or a softener for fabric as well. And another thing that a lot of people are really unaware of, it's a legal requirement, at least here in Canada, and I believe the same for the U.S., that you have to list your ingredients of order of weight. So generally, if you see a grain or even something like corn, because um, corn has a protein content and it might be high on the list of ingredients, but dogs have a sensitivity to corn. It's used to skew the results of protein, even though it's not actually a healthy food for dogs. And these are, we, they call them filler ingredients. So when you see these grains high on a list of your dog's food, generally that's considered a red flag that it's a lower quality on the range of already low quality food. And just to kind of jump in here, like as a pet professional in the industry that talks with clients all the time about food, a lot of these quote unquote, like premium or low quality, it's like some of these brands that sell as premium brands. I'm like, we don't need to go into names here, you know, but it's like, just turn your food bag over and and read it. Like I just had a client come up to me the other day and, you know, they're extremely concerned because their puppy has a protein deficiency and is extremely underweight and they're eating a vet recommended food. And I was like, and it sells at a premium rate. And I'm like, yeah, but have you turned it over? Because it's literally chicken nuggets. It's chicken byproduct meal, corn, and wheat. Those are the first three ingredients. It's chicken nuggets. Well, I had someone I know here in Toronto say to me, oh, you know, the food that, you know, she was interested in what we're doing as a brand, a dog owner, and said, oh, well, the food I feeds a wet canned food and said, oh, the food I feed my dog is really healthy. There's even kale in it. And I said, oh, you know, I'd love to see the ingredient list. And, you know, as I mentioned, that ingredients are listed in order of weight, right? So it was literally animal meal, um, g- corn, pea, pea protein flour, all of these grains. And then at the end, you know, kale. So like a little sprinkle of kale in there to <laughs> say the like, like a leaf. And then my yeah. favorite, I think my favorite thing about canned food is that most people don't realize the number one ingredient is water. So it's actually somewhere around like 80% water mm-hmm. is why it, why it fluffs up in Maybe the can. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just fluffed up wheat. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What you'll generally find though, canned food versus um, dry, is that at least the benefit with any wet food is that you've got that water content. So, mm-hmm. from a moisture perspective, dogs are getting the water that they need. Yes. It's still not great because, again, the quality of ingredients in canned food, you've got all these preservatives and additives. 
but it's not um, it's not making a dog dehydrated from the food itself. So if we're going to put one positive thing on it, <laughs> yeah. I think, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I I heard this somewhere or like I took a nutrition course and they said your dog needs four cups of water for every one cup of dry food. Is that is that a correct number? I think I remember that number from a. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. So that's yeah, how mean, dehydrating it is. Yeah. I mean, dogs' bodies are 73% made of water. And so when, you know, if we eat something that is dry, we feel instantly dehydrated and yeah. it's the same for dogs. They can't live, no one can live without a good amount of water. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got something that's dehydrating you, it's a real issue um, because they need that for digestion and for processing of minerals and all of that good stuff. So it's a really important factor. Okay. So, so we've kind of, uh, so kibbles off the table, we're going <laughs> to completely aside at this point. And we're talking about, so then it didn't sound like uh, canned food was really that much better. So we'll, we'll just kind of skip over that. But my next experience was like um, I've purchased the dehydrated food that you add the water back to and that was more expensive and fancier marketing and stuff so i felt like that was better am i like so that that is higher quality than kibble so um dehydrated raw actually would be the next best thing to fresh food however you really can't replace the benefits of fresh whole ingredients just like for humans okay so that's so that's so what i'm trying to do like so i have um I, I have a, a soft spot for like people across all boards and not everybody it's, it's this weird um, dynamic of, I think everybody needs to have a dog in their life. I think it's a, yes. it's a positive relationship. I think it's somebody that we can always count on and depend on and it gets us through the days and it like focus us back on some important things. Right. Yeah. But with that said, there's a lot of people that can't afford to buy expensive kibble but at the same time, we don't want to be telling like, you're just basically killing your dog. And I mean, that's so like, how do we, how do we navigate this across all of the. Yeah. There's the socioeconomic well, there's, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a major question. And actually, interestingly, so there was one study conducted on Scottish terriers by Purdue university. And so they're as a breed really prone to bladder cancer. And just by adding dark leafy greens to their dog's kibble, it reduced the risk of bladder cancer by 90%. So even if I am a dog owner and I cannot afford to provide my dog with whole premium foods, just by adding in fresh foods to my dog's uh, dry food, I can provide them with a significant impact on their health. But it's going to be specific fresh foods. Like we can't just take the dry food and then throw in a Big Mac and then call it good. No. That's not fresh. <laughs> that would also be a fresh food. Okay. On that, that note, is... hold on. We're gonna take a quick break. Okay, yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we just uh, ruled out no Big Macs in with no Big Macs. No, no, no mixing big... that in. So like what kind of things like what happens on occasion, but what are some, what are some cost effective things that we could put in with that bag of kibble? If that's, if that's where we're starting. Yeah. So actually a lot of our customers use our meals as a topper. 
So mm. what we mean by that is you still feed the kibble, reduce some of the kibble, and then add some of our food on top so that the dogs are getting both the balance of um, ingredients they need and the vitamins and minerals from the fresh food. Mm. Um, so that is definitely one option. Go to a fresh food provider. Again, check the quality of ingredients. Not all fresh food providers are equal, um, but use it as a nutritious topper. And so then you can really, by doing that, decide your own cost. Because you could put half a cup of food, you could put a cup of food, it's really up to you. And so you can balance out that um, extra cost. But like Marissa mentioned, green leafy vegetables are great. If your dog is fussy, blend it up um, and put it into the food. Orange vegetables have also shown, I think it was um, shown to minimize risk of illness by 60%. Okay, wait, um, break, down, break down orange vegetables for our listeners. <laughs> Because I only know carrots. carrots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, and for Jason. Say carrots? And carrots are a cost-effective vegetable, right? Sure. Yes. Arguably, everyone can afford some carrots, right? And Yeah. You could put butternut squash in. Um, we put some sweet potato in as well. Um, it's, it's still a carb, but it's a complex carb, so it's a healthier um, alternative for dogs. Okay. So, yeah, you want to mix in some greens and some orange. Um, and if you mix that in, it's generally more palatable for, for dogs to eat. And you'll probably find that they enjoy their, their kibble a bit more as well. Another really nutritious ingredient, and I know it's a little more on the expensive side, but org organ meat is also a great addition that you can add to your dog's diet. Lots Where do you get that? Where do you go buy organ meat? Generally at the at the the grocery store they have them. I don't know if they do in the U.S., but you can usually find chicken liver or beef okay. liver, um, chicken hearts, and these are good uh, to mix into your dog's food as well. And in my experience, because I mean I've done some of this, it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but if you go to your local butcher and you just ask for some like nobody buys those parts so like your local butcher it just has these organ meats that no one's gonna buy because no one's like it's not traditional anymore in our meals like no one's making like blood pudding here in the states it's not a thing so typically they have like liver and you know some some heart chunks left over and marrow bones sometimes you can find at your butcher you're generally not eating <laughs> the organ meat <laughs> okay so th this launches me into another question that i heard that i i wouldn't have bought into but i would be fascinated to um, just throw it out there. Dogs are not vegetarians, right? No. Okay. <laughs> Dogs need proteins. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was just something like you, you see the craziest things, whether it's on Facebook or like yeah. these random blogs that are suggesting, and it's like, well, if I can live as a vegetarian, then my dogs can live as a vegetarian. And, and like, the thing to know about proteins is that different. And the other thing is, dogs need a variety of protein in their mm -hmm. diet. So this is another big myth of the pet food industry that really kind of grinds our gears is that we see a lot of companies advertising as a complete and balanced meal, when in actual fact, all the nutrients that you need are not bioavailable at one time, just like for humans. You know, I might have a salad one day, I might have some shrimp for dinner, I might have a steak, because um, different without getting too much into the science of it, but different proteins have different amino acid profiles. And that's why just like for humans, dogs need to have a variety of proteins in their diet. And we recommend on 
unless the dog has food sensitivity or they're an extremely picky eater that they actually cycle through our different recipes so they're getting those amino acid profiles and you're not going to get those complete amino acid profiles in a vegetarian diet and again would that work with the toppers that you were mentioning earlier like so if you had um your your traditional kibble and then you were to mix in the different toppers on a daily basis would that be kind of a good fit for what you guys are suggesting Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I want to also just talk about the flip because we have um, lots of people asking, can I um, make my dog vegetarian? And we have also got lots of people who are raw feeders, which is a whole food and also good for dogs, but going way on the other end and only feeding protein. Mm. So I want to, yeah, right. And so they're missing, scary. They're missing <laughs> all the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. And we hear a lot of mm-hmm. um, raw feeders say, well, you know, when they're in the wild and they're hunting, they're not eating fruits and vegetables. But that's not actually correct because when they're in the wild and they're hunting and they eat, you know, they've, they've eat, sorry to, to, to be a little gruesome, but, you know, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is like my favorite tidbit of dogs in the wild. So I dogs are in the wild. They they've they've killed an animal and they're now eating the insides of an animal. But those animals are eating vegetation, and so the stomach contents that dogs are eating um, from the natural animal is also including those vegetations in the gut. And so that's how dogs were getting the the vegetables that they needed in their diet back in the day. And so that's why it's still really critical that dogs, even if they're being fed raw, are having fruits and vegetables in their diet. They should not be eating one way or the other, all protein or all vegetables. Totally. Like that. I mean, like, How are you doing, Jason? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here like, like, yeah, I'm like processing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Well, my first question is like, how many of us actually think of like my, my pug wouldn't live in the wild. Like, what, what, what kind of excuse is that? Not in a million years would that happen. <laughs> also true. Also true. But I feel like that's also an argument that some people like to use in favor of like a vegetarian or vegan diet for their dog is that they're like, well, they're not like their wild ancestors. But I think in the same token, it's like, yes, and I'm not like a Neanderthal where I need to fast for 20 hours and then eat only protein, you know? So there, I think there's a balance to everything that we do. And the fascinating thing about dog nutrition is just that there's so much we don't know yet, you know, and that's lacking from our education. Yeah. In particular with, um, veterinarian schools. Um, We've spoken to a lot of animal nutritionists and holistic veterinarians, and it's really a specialized topic. They're not Mm -hmm. teaching nutrition at a standard vet school. It's like one course out of, you know, the entire program. And so there's still a lot of learning for the whole industry to do to really get up to speed with where we're at as humans. Um, we really need to catch up for dogs. And so, you know, we, we provide actually our clients with um, consults with our animal nutritionists to really help just um, help people understand the differences and answer some of the questions of what they're being told versus the reality of research as well. So that would be like one of my next questions, because, again, we're like vet recommended and, and vet approved. Like we're hearing all of these things and even from our vets that may or may not be very well versed in this topic. Like what are some things personally that we could watch for? Like my dog may be feeling malnourished because of this. Is that the right, the word? Like, 
I mean, or, like, is it just skin and coat and scratching and what, like, whatever that, like, how do we know? I think I, you know, I, you said something earlier, Jason, um, you were asking about, um, you know, you, you said that generally people don't change their dog's food unless there is a health problem. And I think that was a really key point because, you know, in um, oftentimes we don't, and same for humans, we don't think of nutrition as preventative, you know, but if God forbid we have a health problem, we look for, you know, nutrition to cure all. And so just going back to, you know, I mentioned my journey with feeding my dog's kibble. So when I adopted my uh, two dogs in Hong Kong, one of them was a breeder dog at a puppy mill, and she had a ton of different health problems, including the fact that she was so overweight that she could barely walk. And so, you know, I went home with, I was really determined to heal her health, but I went home with the kibble that the vet recommended me. And it was really funny. So anyone who knows my dog, Kalinda knows that she's food obsessed. Sarah can attest to this. You know, she's <laughs> taking our cheese off the table whenever we're <laughs> having some, some wine and cheese. And Kalinda so- may be my spirit animal. <laughs> 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 and and so if you, if you know this dog who, who that much she loves her food, it was so funny. The first day I bring her home and I put the kibble in front of her and she pushed the no, the bowl away, knocked it over like a little a little rhino. And I thought, oh my gosh, this dog, you know, won't eat the food. And then I Googled, okay, what are, you know, human food that I can, I, what, what food, because I knew nothing, right, about whole foods. And and I pureed some, some chicken and vegetables and I gave it to her and immediately she lapped it up. But even then, you know, it was so deeply ingrained, like we go to our vets and we get their recommendation that I still, it still didn't register that I should be feeding my dogs whole foods. And yeah, and, and as I mentioned, so I actually spoke to three different vets who recommended um, a variety of premium brands of food, and they did nothing for her. So she's a miniature schnauzer. She was 11 kg, okay, which is huge, about 25 pounds. So if you can picture little miniature schnauzer, and these foods oh were doing goodness. nothing. And yeah, and then these three vets told me she needed a $5,000 knee surgery, or she'd never be able to walk long term. Wow. And they said, you know, yeah, you know, we're in our experience, her prognosis really isn't good when she's at this level and was really just getting kind of doors, door after door after door closed in my face. And, you know, Sarah and I, as mentioned, like we love health and fitness. And then finally, you know, it started started to click like, wait a second, you know, doctors don't know everything either in terms of nutrition, mm-hmm. They're not nutritionists, and just, you know, started researching the pet food industry and then started finding out some of these shocking statistics that we mentioned. And then so when um, I brought my dogs back to Canada, I found a holistic veterinarian and who recommended that I cook for them. And it was just wild. So after eight months of just complete frustration and kind of feeling of hopelessness, right, of trying to heal my dog, two months, she lost half her body weight, all her blood work was normal, and she never needed knee surgery. And she continues to age backwards. And this was almost three years ago now. And so to answer your question, I think that we need to reevaluate my long winded way of answering your question, the way we look at nutrition for dogs, we can't look at it as a cure, we need to try to be preventing conditions. And if you think you know, dogs, they're statistically are living half as long as they did in the 1970s. And wow. it's been correlated with the shift towards processed food. And so we just... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let, me, let me bring it. Wait, 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 wait. wait <laughs> okay, wait. Jason, before, before you go down this road, we got to take a quick break. Okay. <laughs> Hold your horses. We'll be right back. 
but this this one um you, sorry and i didn't mean to cut you off mid-sentence but this was like fascinating to me dogs were living twice as long in the 70s than they are today yeah there was a study conducted on uh, golden retrievers and yeah their average lifespan was 17 or 18 years old and now it's down to eight or nine years old wow yeah so it's really wild and that's one of you know there are multiple factors in terms of in environment as well however one of the biggest shifts that we've seen since the 1970s has been this shift towards processed convenient packaged foods and you know we all love our dogs like our children right and we want them to live as long as possible and so I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that dog owners make is saying, you know what, my dog is fine. They're, they're doing fine on this food, but there's a real difference. But, you know, going back to comparison with a human, right, I could be fine for 10 years and have some sort of disease, you know, slowly decimating my body without being, again, getting like Sarah getting into the gore here. And, and, Dogs, because they, you know, are, are smaller, they do have a shorter lifespan than us, that nutrition is all the more important. And the other thing, too, that we need to consider as dog owners is, you know, if, going back to the Big Mac, if I go have a Big Mac, hey, that's a choice that I'm choosing to make for my body. I know it's not a healthy choice, but you know what? I'm really craving a Big Mac. Um, you know, maybe I'll get one tomorrow. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, your dog only has you to rely on for mm. your nutrition. You are the only one that makes that choice for them. And so we really have a responsibility as dog owners to do the best we can from, you know, a socioeconomic status for our dog's health. And I think that's okay. what was so, like, cool about some of this stuff. And it's the it's the trap that I've fallen in a bunch of times where, yes, I want my dogs to eat better. But if the only gauge that I really have is financially spending more money on on whatever i don't truly understand then it's meaningless like if i understand why i'm spending the money where it's going and that i know it's really making a difference then all of a sudden it seems affordable a lot of times but when it's just like i haven't noticed any difference and it's just one heavy bag for a different heavy bag and this one costs three times as much as the other like mm -hmm. so like really getting into this the simple idea of like mixing some quality food in with even some kibble is all the difference. Absolutely. And I would also, just from a financial perspective, Marissa said something, she said lots of interesting things, but one, <laughs> one really interesting thing was about um, thinking about nutrition as preventative. <clears throat> the same is kind of true from a vet bill perspective. So I rescued a couple of years ago, a senior dog, he's 10 years old and I know that every time we go to the vet, it costs me at least $300. I walk away with something that he needs more tests or whatever else it might be. But I know that had he started his life eating better and more whole foods with his food, then our vet bills over a longer period of time would have been reduced. So if you kind of think about it's, it's more of a holistic approach and it evens out over the lifespan of your dog, um, you spend the money a little more upfront on food, it will help because your dog will be healthier, should have less illnesses leading to vet visits. So it just kind of rebalances things in a, in a different way. Yeah. 
So another question that I guys and okay, I mean, realistically, just hop in there, just hop Jason, in, like just do your thing. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thanks. I will. I also, for those not watching, I did do a hair flip. That did happen. Sweet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just would also like to point out, you know, for our listeners who are maybe like listening to this podcast, we're, you know, we're in a pandemic right now. Maybe you did lose your job. Maybe like adding premium foods <laughs> to your dog's diet feels impossible. But a bag of spinach is not super expensive. You know what I mean? It's a couple bucks. A bag of carrots is like a dollar fifty, and you can literally throw them in the blender, and it's like wet food for your dogs. And it's cheaper, like yeah. in volume, mm-hmm. than buying a can of like really even really cheap wet food. Yeah, you know, it's, to shame anyone and for their choice yeah. their ability we just want people to become more conscious consumers and really think about what's going into uh, their dog's diet and a big part of our company ethos is education and so we have our own podcast mm. and blogs and we really try because it's so overwhelming and sarah and i can you know sarah can talk about this as well as a dog owner to kind of sift through all the noise that's out there because as you mentioned as well jason there's so much conflicting information out there and so you know we don't want to shame anyone we just want to raise awareness and you know encourage people to do the best they can as you mentioned with spinach or carrots Yeah, I think we get really passionate because we both had um, childhood dogs Mm -hmm. and we know the trauma of losing a dog and now we have our own babies and the thought of them not being with us really pains us and so we know we're not alone on that we and so we really want to help dog owners to have the information and have solutions that is affordable for them to help give their dogs a little extra life as well. Well, it sounds like it could be significant. I mean, just adding yeah. in a couple of things could add gears, possibly. Yep. So um, yep. so my, my question that I was going to hop in there with um, before I got the hair flip thrown at me <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> Can't compete with a hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> no. How do, you, how do we know how much to feed our dogs, right? Because we have some dogs that mm. are very... Um, food motivated and would eat an entire bag of food. And I've had other dogs that they'll eat when they're hungry and they don't overeat and they just kind of do like, so how do you make those decisions? Cause again, there's just so much endless information that none of it seems reliable. So a big thing to consider with that is the activity level of your dog. So if you have a dog that is exercising two hours a day versus a dog that's just going out for which hopefully that's not what you do with your dog. Hopefully your dog's getting a lot of exercise, but their uh, their energy requirements are going to vary significantly. On average, dogs need, small dogs need on average uh, 32, roughly 32 calories per pound of body weight. And medium dogs need about 24 calories per pound of body weight. And if you have a puppy, they need about 20% more than that. Yeah, Juniper... Juniper eats a lot. I have a a 10 year old dog who has made his appearances here, Hunter. And then I I have um, a four month old puppy who devours about 20% more than Hunter and is very, very lean. Um, But she's growing like a little weed. So, (laughs) yeah, it's so important for puppies because that's just like babies, right? Babies need milk for the first few months and then they graduate to 
um, fruits and other things. And, and so it's really important at that life stage that they're getting the nutrients to help their bones grow and their muscles and for them to start, you know, developing in the way that they really need to develop. Well, sadly, ladies, we have no more time left. Oh, I can't no, believe I had it. so many more questions. <laughs> I like I literally am, am floored by how quickly this conversation went. Um, I do have to obviously reserve a teeny tiny bit of time for Jason to yes. do his thing. We close our show in a very special way if you haven't had a chance to listen. Um, so, Jason, I know Sarah's it's coming. Like, yep. <laughs> Sarah's like, oh, I've listened. Um <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to hopefully this one uh, works out for today. Uh, <laughs> what is the. Okay, ready? What do. I'm ready. What, <laughs> What, what did dogs... Are you ready? Yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm just, I'm just getting to my zone. <laughs> what do dogs eat for breakfast? What? Pooched eggs. <laughs> that was one of your better ones, Jason. Did you like that one? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> also, I should add, eggs are a great protein for your dog. See, there are, we go. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you just cook the eggs and they're really cook, great. Cook yeah. it. To toss that in there can you guys come, um, please come back like i like i wanted to sit and talk about like puppy nutrition like there's so many things like yeah that i would love to do this again with you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah we loved having you thank you so much for thank coming for thanks us. for having us on yes this was so much fun i can't wait to uh hang out with you some more and definitely come to canada and and smuggle back some of your food. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be coming to see you in LA for those good tacos. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. All right. Thanks, thanks so ladies. much. Have guys. a great rest Thank of your day. Bye. So I want to take a quick sec to thank everybody, especially Sarah and Marissa from Puppy Gang Fresh Foods. That was an absolute blast getting to hang out with you guys. Too much fun. So much fun. Um, as always, anything that we talked about today as far as products and websites um, and things, that, other things that we could link to will be in the show notes um, on the website. Um, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast um, and leave us a review over at um, iTunes. iTunes is the place that you can, you can leave the review. Um, make sure to check out puppy gang, fresh foods on Instagram, as well as dog up in this bitch and forever USA. Um, I am Jason Arias and this is Sylvia. I am Sylvia. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any parting comments for the day, Miss Sylvia? I would just say, remember to listen to their podcast uh, as well, because I will be now listening to all the dog nutritional things. And um, and we love you. And I think we're getting close probably to to our giveaway numbers. So that'll be very exciting yes. um, on that dog dad mug so that we can do another one. All right. That's all. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. We will talk to you guys later. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Bye. Okay, so I have I have uh, a confession, Miss Sylvia. Uh, um, on on this week's podcast, we're going to add a little bit of an extra on here. I repeated a dog dad joke. I know, Jason. I heard it happen too, and it was such a train wreck that I didn't know how to I, interrupt. But I couldn't like. I feel obligated that we need to fix this for our guests. And you do them. need to fix it yeah, for yeah, our yeah. listeners. Yeah, yeah. So um, I searched high and low, and I found an absolutely exceptional fill in for this a banger yeah, yeah yeah so it's a it's a one and a half for one like you got you, you get the other one just to right, get to it just get okay, to are, it are you ready all right all right mm -hmm. what did the dog say when he sat on sandpaper <laughs> that was rough <laughs>
fucking laugh. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I know they're, they're terrible. But it's, I think it's the, the pleasure that you get from them. <laughs> so good. Hashtag dog okay, that I goes. promise I am going to spend some time before we record the next oh, show. Oh, my and goodness. And I'm going to make a list. And um, I, will, I, I promise not to repeat anymore. That is my fault. Okay. All right. Okay. Next week. Bye, guys. Bye.